0: in the armed forces, raise your hand, see See that, appreciate the service that y'all give and so you will have a special, this lesson will have a little bit of a special meaning to you and you'll understand it quicker than some but we'll be reading 2 Timothy, that should be in your outline, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness, a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may Please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So now we know that Paul was a preacher and Timothy was a preacher, but we can't look at this letter as a preacher sending a letter to a preacher. We may tend to overlook it. Not, this is a letter from a soldier to another soldier, of which we all are if we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're all soldiers. Now, the Bible describes the Christian life as a uh, battle and we are soldiers and we are privileged to serve under the greatest captain that ever was, Jesus Christ. We should be motivated by the mere fact that we he found us worthy to be put into the service. We should be motivated to a standard of excellence. Uh, as soldiers... Uh, of Jesus Christ, we must be strong, getting the proper spiritual diet and exercise. We must be single-minded, enduring hardness, and resisting resisting, resisting distractions. We must be secure, understanding our position, our destination, and our commission. And the lesson objectives... The th- these three are understand the reality of spiritual warfare. We must understand that it is a war. There are principalities and powers against the power of Jesus Christ, and we are part of the warfare against those principalities. And then commit, students should commit themselves to the disciplines that contribute to strength and focus, and three, purpose to give Christ faithful obedience to the end. If you recognize the, those last two things, commit and purpose, they were in the last lesson. There's a lot of things as Christians that we need to commit to and purpose in our lives to do. So reread that scripture again, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. A soldier has to separate his normal life from warfare life. You cannot keep up both of them. You have to be separate. You can't uh, go into war and still be able to uh, take care of the things back home. You have to be dedicated to that warfare. Every person in the world... Has normal life issues to attend to. Every saved person also has, has spiritual warfare issues to attend to. So there's things in our spiritual warfare that we must attend to and not allow the things of our normal life to interfere with. Now we have to do both, we know that, but we have to separate the two. Right. If you don't separate them, guess which one's not going to get done? Right. The warfare. A good soldier follows the command of his leader to win a military victory. He's faithful to the end, whether in victory or to defeat. He does his duty regardless of circumstances and in spite of difficulties. The Christian life, again, is is a battle. But we don't see a war zone. We don't see it. So we tend to deny its reality. Because we cannot see it. But Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us. For we wrestle. Not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. These powers. Principalities. Do not rest. They don't. Now, as a way of illustration, wrestling was extremely important in the Greco-Roman world in Apostle Paul's time. During the time of the Apostle Paul, the outcome of a wrestling match could have very serious consequences. The winner would receive praise, adulation, and rewards, and gifts. The loser may have his eyes gouged out or worse. With so much at stake, it made, only made sense for each contestant to prepare himself in every way possible to give the struggle his best fight. More is, it, more is at stake in the unseen spiritual warfare than any wrestler ever faced. We receive rewards for wrestling our opponent. The Bible tells us to put rewards up, rewards up in heaven, right? We, we'll, we'll have those. You may, you may not see them here. If you do it, you'll have them. When we fail to wrestle the enemy, the spiritual sight of those that are lost is gouged out. You're the light. And when you're not fighting the battle, when you you allow your light to be put out, they are blinded. They're blind already, but they have no hope if they don't see some light around them. Now, in wrestling... Now, I'm not talking about WWF, okay, or WWE or whatever they call it. I'm talking about real wrestling. As long as you stand, you cannot lose. As long as you stand the fight of the enemy, you win. You cannot lose, and it will not be a tie. You say, we're... How how come it's not a tie in spiritual wrestling, but in physical wrestling it is. Because in spiritual wrestling, you see, you start out the match in a hold. The devil had you. But when you got saved, you escaped. That gives you a point. If you know anything about wrestling, you get a point for that. So God has saved you and already given you the victory. Now your, your soul saved and it's going to heaven and you have the victory now in this world but you can submit. But that's not what we need to do. Paul and mine is Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Our text verse describes the qualities of a successful soldier. A soldier must be, that's number one, let me get the thing here hope it's still good Yep. Look there. A strong soldier. A soldier must be strong and fit for the battle, and a Christian soldier is no exception. In our first verse, it says, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Nobody in here sets out to be weak. You don't get up one morning and say, You know, I was just too strong yesterday, and I'm going to see what I can do to make myself weaker. You don't do it. Right. Neither should we do so in our spiritual walk. We should set out to be stronger. I mean, diet and regular exercises are, are key to our physical health. And it's also key to our spiritual health. A, a soldier goes through basic training or boot camp. He's given very disciplined instructions and routines to put his body through. He's given a very uh, structured uh, food. I didn't say good food. I said structured food. I don't know. I haven't been there. Uh, but it's, they know what they're giving you. They're giving you calories. They're giving you protein. They're giving you uh, what you need. But anything that's left to itself eventually decays. A garden will fill up with weeds. A house will fall apart. And a car will eventually cease to run. But unless we put effort in our own spiritual bodies to strengthen them and to see them grow and nourished in the Word of God, we will decay. Right. So we we'll look at our diet, our spiritual diet. The Word of God is often compared to food in the Bible. Jo- Joshua 23.1 Must be 23.12 Okay, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So he's saying here, he believes it's more important to have the word of God than it is to have breakfast. All right. All right. Yeah. Psalm one nineteen, one oh three. How sweet are the words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. 1 Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. We have allowed the principalities to cause us to lose the importance of the Word of God in our lives, in our spiritual diet. Now, if you were a serious athlete, you would understand the the importance of adjusting the right kind of food. And the proper diet for a Christian is the Word of God. The Christian soldier must... Be spiritually fit to serve his master to the fullest. He needs a proper diet of the Word of God. Now, I thought about this. I don't know. I know, I, I know what I'm about to say, but I don't know how you feel about it or if you've ever thought about it. One might think that a preacher studies the Word of God because he's been called to preach, but he must first study the Word of God before he is fit to be called to preach. And the same thing goes for all soldiers. We need to know the word of God or we won't be ready. We won't be prepared to do what God has for us to do, whatever that may be. It takes the word of God. We need to spend time daily feeding on the word of God. That's right. And not just, not just say, well, read that chapter, check. Read that chapter, check. Oh. You've, seen, you've heard Pastor say but he says, check. He's left-handed. So we need to contemplate on the Word of God. Think about a cow chewing her cud. Now, this is, this is actually a, an illustration in this lesson book. And, but I read that, and I thought, I have to ask this. How many in here really know what it means when a cow chews her cud? Most of you are honest, so you don't know what it means. That's okay, because whoever read this lesson book, didn't know either. <laughs> it's not a cow taking a bite of grass and chewing it until she's ner- enjoyed it all and got it all chewed up, getting swallowed it. Because when that cow chews grass, takes a bite, swallow, take a bite, swallow, take a bite, swallow. And then you'll see that cow sitting out in the sunshine. You know what she's chewing? Her cud. Her regurgitated grass, what she threw up in her mouth and rechewed it because her system doesn't have the ability to, to digest all that grass without rechewing it. That sounds good, don't it? But what, you, what it wants you to think about is that cow sitting there in the sunshine, just taking it easy, chewing. And that's what we're to do with the Word of God after we've read it, that's good. is to run it back through our mind again. Mentally regurgitate it back up into our mind Good. and go over it yes, sir. and go over it. And then we've got to have exercise. So we've got the strength, right? You can't have the exercise and then eat. You've got to have, the, got to have the, the energy to do it. It's not just a proper diet of God's Word, but we must also exercise our spiritual senses. How can we as soldiers exercise in the spiritual sense? First, we must exercise our faith. Abraham is an example of a man who exercised his faith. Romans 4.20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, God said, Abraham, you separate yourself from your family, and you go out and find a city. Where at God? I'll tell you later. You just... Separate. See, he had to separate first. And if you study him closely, you'll notice that he didn't get to where he was going because he didn't fully separate. He took somebody with him. Well, good. He said, separate from your family. But he took Lot with him. Yeah. And then when he separated from Lot, he found the city. He found where God said go. So we are to separate ourselves so we can listen to the word of God and trust in Him that He will lead us in on that path. Romans 4:21 says, "And being fully persuaded, that what He had promised, He was able also to perform." Now that's a a a factor in salvation. We must believe that God is able to save us, and when we ask Him, we must believe that He did. It's faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Romans 14, 23, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So we have to practice faith, and we have to exercise that faith. Faith is like a muscle. If you don't use a muscle, it will will basically disappear. It will go away. So we must exercise living by faith, and it will become a habit. We establish bad habits by repetition of wrong actions and we establish we establish good habits by the repetition of right actions. We can exercise your faith by reading and believing the promises of the word of God. Exercise your faith by obeying the commands of God, trusting that he will bless your obedience. Exercise your faith by choosing to trust God, even in the face of difficult circumstances or uncertainty. You see, so you've got the diet of the Word of God, and you've read it, and you understand it, and God has told you to go somewhere, do something. And you're certain of that. So no matter what circumstance or situation comes up, God didn't change his mind. If he told you to do it, he told you to do it. He will help you through it, and you have to exercise the faith to do that. We need to exercise ourselves in right living. By doing this, Paul testified of a clear conscience to Felix. He said in Acts 24, 16, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward Men. Now, I'm going to assume that everybody in here, if you're saved by Jesus Christ, that you do not want to offend God. But we don't put much emphasis sometimes on not offending man. A man told me one time, he said, I, I just got one way. I do it. Do Live how I live, and if somebody don't like it, so what? Well, it might be that you know somebody doesn't like a certain way you do things. You ought to do it a different way. You don't offend somebody if you can help it. Good. Paul was able to witness any, to any man because he offended no man. The person you offend may be the very person that God wants you to witness to tomorrow and if you offend them you're done finally we need to exercise ourselves in godliness 1st Timothy 4 7 and 8 look at these two verses in your outline 1st Timothy 4 7 and 8 let's examine these two verses but refuse profane and old wives fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness Amen. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having, having promise of the faith that now is, and of that which is to come. Now let's look at that first part, but refuse profane and old wise fable. Now what exactly uh, does that mean? Well, men, you might say, well, he's just talking to women. He's talking about old wise fables. You so ain't talking to me. No, that's, you're wrong. So let's work, look at the word "refuse." It means decline, shun, avoid, right. make excuse, entreat, refuse, reject, to beg off. And then profane profane and old wise fables. it means talking junk, yes. speaking unprofitable words. Gossip, yes, but not just gossip. Lies and falsehood, yes. But truths about anything that isn't godly. Amen. Then the rest of that verse. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercising yourself and having the proper attitude toward God and in giving him the respect and honor he deserves. Praising him esteeming him, glorifying him. The word profane here also infers, and many times in the Bible, explicitly refers to not only God, but the things of God and his sanctuary or the house of God. Now you've heard pastor talk about this many times. Now then, I'm gonna nail some hides to the wall, and I'm gonna put mine up first, and put it up as strong as nails. When we come to church, we talk about everything but got—profane fables, profane fables. We should be praising Him. Esteeming Him, glorifying Him. And we're spouting out profane fables. Again, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. This does not come naturally. It will take work. Now I want to make a suggestion to all of us, including me. Before we come to church, ask God to put something godly on your heart to talk about. When we come through the doors, talk about that instead of what the world has filled your mind with. Right. Amen. If someone starts talking about something profane, anything not esteeming God, beg off. Excuse yourself. That's right. Retreat. They're going to think you're rude, but you're not. Trying to help them. Imagine the difference it would make in a service if we were all glorifying God before the official start of the service. Right. Service, the church service starts when you walk through the doors. Yes, sir. That's good, brother. In verse 8, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. The word promise is in the exact middle of that verse. And that's what the verse is about. It is a double promise. Not only will it help you here, but it's going to put rewards in heaven. You say, what kind of rewards? I don't know. I don't hand them out. I just know the Bible says you're going to get them. When evaluating your spiritual diet and exercise, keep in mind that there is always room for growth. If you're not exercising, you're not growing, and therefore your spiritual strength is deteriorating. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come today. Lord, I pray that you would help us all, Lord, to Lord not follow what I just said, Lord, but follow the Word of God. And, Lord, that we would, be more pertinent, keep our mind pertinent to the service of God when we come to this holy place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.